Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Hey, as we're getting ready to, to, to start a brand new sermon series today we call Be Wise, uh, we are... Um, we are going to encourage you wherever you're at to pull out your, 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 your Bible app. If you haven't already done that, open up your app, your Journey Church app, whatever you choose to do. Get a pen and paper, uh, take some notes, allow the Lord to speak to you. And so as I'm speaking, uh, I know you're not going to remember everything that I say, but allow the Lord just to speak to you uh, and, and just to be- then implement it. You know, I read a, I read a, uh, or listened to a message a few weeks ago. Uh, it was actually a leadership talk by a man named Patrick uh, Lachoni. Uh, he's, he's kind of a, a New York Best Times author. He's a, he's a business guru. He leadership talks, uh, coaching. And he said this in his talk. He said, he said I, I've decided in my life that I want to keep everything simple. I, everything that he, that he does, he wants it to be, to be simple. In fact, he said this, and I wrote this down. He said, I try to remind people more than I instruct them. In, in other words, I, I want to I not always teach you something new, always giving you something new to add to your spiritual repertoire. I just want to teach you the simple things. Because I think if you do the simple things well, that you'll, you'll see excellent results. And so this message series is, is born out of that. We're, we're, lit, we're in a, continue to be in a wild time, and there's a lot to take your attention. But as a follower of Christ, I want to talk to you, and I just kept hearing the word be, because I think there's a lot of, you know, what should I be doing? What should I be standing for? What should I be celebrating? What, what are the things that I should be becoming, right? Like, I, I want to just take that word be and just talk to you about what it looks like in simple form to be a Christian in, in this world. And here's kind of a, a key statement that we're going to read uh, through this series. And he- here's what it is. I want to encourage you with this. Uh, I want to encourage you as a Christian to live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. I want to read that to you again because I think it's profound. Live in such a way that, that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know, they know you. In, in other words, we're all kind of keyboard warriors right now. We're all living on the internet a lot. That's kind of how we get our information. For, for me, I told you a few weeks ago, I'm not going to do my loudest living on, on, online, but, but if I'm not careful, I'll do my loudest living on this platform because I figured out a few years ago that I spent about three to four hours a week doing this. This is what I do for a living professionally, but I have 165 other hours of the week that I interact with my family, that I'm with my kids, that I go to Wawa, that I do very normal things. And what I have found out is probably more than the four hours that I spend here, those 165 hours, they're, they're significantly impactful, maybe even more so what I do here. And I want to live in a way that, that those who don't know God but know me uh, will, will come to know God because they, they know me. I, I want to live away in a way where people understand who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's come for, what he can do in their life, simply by watching the way that I live in my normal 
everyday life. I've found that ordinary people who consistently do simple things that are right before the Lord will often see extraordinary results when it comes to sharing their faith with others. And I want you to understand this. Your faith is not a private matter. Like you, you made a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ at some point in your life, right? Some of you are here. You remember that moment when you decided to make a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. But I have, I have heard people say this, this statement, and it's a false statement. They'll say stuff like, my faith is private. No, your faith is not private. Your relationship with Jesus is not a private matter. That if, he, if that was the point of it, that once you got saved, that he would take you to heaven. He wants to do something in the world with your life. He wants to do something through your your life. And so the question is, how should you be acting then? As a Christian in our world, what are the things you should be be doing? And I want to want to read you a Bible verse. It's written to the church of Colossians, and at chapter 4 Paul writes it. And here's what's what's neat about this. Uh, he writes to a church uh, that most theologians believe doesn't have a building. Uh, isn't very big. In fact, most of them think at, at this junction of their church that their, their, their church is like a house church. There's very few people a part of it. In fact, Paul's never even been there, most people think. Paul started a church in Ephesus. Some of the leadership of his church moved to uh, K- Colossae, and they started this, this, this kind of house church in a pretty uh, insignificant town. And so I don't know what town you're from, but you know I, I've, I make fun of Boyertown a lot. But I, I would imagine... It's kind of like that. Like if you're not from Boyertown, you, you don't know much about Boyertown, right? Like if I, if I, when I was in Oklahoma and people said, where are you from? Not very often did I say Boyertown, Pennsylvania, because most of the time they didn't know where that was at. So I would say I'm from, I'm from the Philly. I'm from the Philly area. I'm from the Philly suburbs, which really I'm an hour away, but, but, at, but that's what I would tell them. And so Colossae was this type of city, not very significant, but they were doing something for the kingdom of God. And, and it's a house church. And he says, here's how I want you to act. Here's how I want you to, to, to be, right? Colossians chapter 4, verse number 3 says, he says, pray for us too, that God is going to open up a door for our message so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ. So in other words, he's saying, I'm praying for you guys to have a door open, and you pray for us, maybe, and he's in prison at this point, you pray for me as well, uh, that I would have doors open for me as well. We're going to pray this, for which I am in chains. He says, pray that I'm going to proclaim it clearly as I should. And then he encourages them with this in verse number five. He says, be wise. That's where we got this. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. What an opportunity that you have right now in our, our day and age. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Here's what you need to understand. As a Christian, people that are not Christians, people that are not churchgoers, people that are not of the same beliefs, their eyes are always on you, whether you like it or not. As a Christian, unbelievers are always watching what you're doing. So I want to give you some very simple things that I think you should be doing if you're going to be wise. Here's some areas of your life, and I'm not going to teach you new things. I'm going to remind you of things you should already be doing. So number one, I think we all need to be reminded in our day and age, as we put things online, by the way, that you can never get back, as we make stands, as we take certain political avenues, as we argue about masks, as we do all these things that we're, we're kind of all, if we're not careful, being sucked into participating in, taking our eyes, by the way, off of Jesus, the very first thing you should do, watch this, be kind. Man, what if, what, if, what if all of us just took a heavy dose of kindness? What if we just developed, and we, maybe some of us, we reminded ourselves just to be 
kind to everyone. Not, not the people you like, not the people you agree with, not the people that are the same race, same religion, same background. What if we all just decided to display the kindness of God that we've been given to, to our world? In fact, here, here's something I read years ago that I think is so stinking true. This man named William, William Barclay, he said this. He said, he said, more people have been brought to Jesus by the kindness of a real Christian's love than by any theological argument in the world. But he said, on the contrary, more people have been driven away from the church by the ugliness and hardness of so-called Christians than all the doubts in the world. You ever meet somebody who you are like, man, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad at the church? Why are you so mad at God? I would bet you at some point they had a really bad interaction with the Christian. They had a really bad experience with the group of people who call themselves the church. And so I want to talk to you today about the significance of kindness. And I want to actually take you into the, into the Bible, into a story about a woman named Tabitha, who's also referred to Dorcas. You ever have two names? You're like, I don't want anybody to call me this name. If my first name was Dorcas, I, want, I would want everybody to call me my middle name, Tabitha. If there's a Dorcas listening to me, sorry, right? Like, I'm sorry for you. I don't understand that name. I would never pick that name, but her name was Dorcas, but the Bible also refers to her as Tabitha. I don't know if that was the grace of God on her or they just were telling us this is her, you know, first and her last or first in her middle name. But here's what I want you to notice about her. Oftentimes when we talk about great Bible characters, kindness is not, uh, unless we're talking about Jesus or the Good Samaritan, right? Most of the time, kindness is, is not what we share. Like, like in, 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 in Sunday school, like when I grew up in church, they would share different Bible stories. And I remember David killed Goliath and Daniel went into the lion's den. And there's these other elements of people that you, you celebrate. And Paul, he was bit by, by a snake one time and he was shipwrecked and like he was thrown in prison. And Peter and John were beat up and thrown into prison. Like you, you think about these elements of these great men and these great women of, of faith. And kindness is not something typically we talk about. And even when we, when we read scripture, like we're often reading scripture and we read them, we're talking about these guys that shared these profound messages and they stood on these platforms and they, they built these churches and they were, they were leaders of, of the church. But this woman was not any of that. She, she was simply a follower of, of Christ that was making a difference based on the simplicity of being an extremely kind person. I, I want to show you this. And, and what's interesting is we're still talking about her thousands of years later. Thousands of years, like some of you, you, you and me, if we're not careful, we'll live a life that is literally gonna be forgotten within a few years of our death. The only people who will remember us are those who are closest to us. But the, the world, people that were all around us, people that we interacted with, our life will have been very quiet. And the interesting thing is, we often associate greatness with platform, greatness with crowds, greatness with likes, greatness with the amount of people that, that, that applaud our pictures or, or, or the blogs that we have or whatever that we participate in, how, how many people watched our TikTok video. Like, these are the things we associate greatness with. But you'll notice in this story, she didn't stand on a platform. She didn't preach any messages. We only know a couple things about her. We know her name's Dorcas, right? That's one. Probably could have left that out of the Bible. But we know, we know what she did. I want to show you what she did in Acts chapter 9, verse number 36. It says, in Joppa, same place, by the way, Jonah tried to sail to to run away from God, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name was, was Dorcas, right? And so we're going to give you, we're gonna give you the, 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 the good name, Tabitha, right? She was always doing good and helping the poor. I want you to remember this. Well, what did she do in the church? Did she preach? 
Did she teach? Did she sing? Did she, did she uh, have a Bible study? Did she write books? What, what does she remember for? She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was, wa- was washed and placed in an upstairs room. So she dies. Lida was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. They're so distraught at the death of this woman, who, by the way, we know she fed, fed poor, helped the widows, things like that, made them clothes, that they bring him. Well, it says Peter goes with them, and when he arrives, he was taken upstairs to the room. Watch what happens. All of the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them out of the room. He got down on his knees. He prayed, turning towards the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opens up her eyes and sees Peter uh, sitting there. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them for, for uh, uh, presented them to her. Now here's the thing: if you read this story quickly, you're going. The, the hero of this story is Peter. He brings her back to life. Here's the question, though: um, if this were to happen in your life, a who would be around your bed, or who would be mourning you, and b would it be worth bringing you back? Would it be worth bringing you back? Like, 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 think about your life, the life that you live right now, the way that you treat people, the way that you communicate. If you passed away tomorrow, right? Like, let's not, let, like, if you, your life was over, who's around your bed? Who remembers you? And is your life worth being brought back? And I'm not, like, is your life meaning something right now? And, and what, what did she do? She didn't preach. She wasn't leading worship. She wasn't on a platform. She wasn't famous. She didn't own a bunch of things. Why, why was her life so meaningful? What did she do? She helped the poor people. She did good things for people. She made clothes for people. She reached out to widows, which, by the way, means usually that a woman that unexpectedly would lose her husband and didn't have a lot at that time because they couldn't go out and, and get a job because that was kind of how the culture worked. And so she took care of these women in their distress. Her life was full of kindness. Why, why is she still being talked about? She understood the significance of being a kind person. So I want to teach you about kindness because I think that the world, maybe more than anything else, needs to experience a kind Christian. So let me explain to you how it works. Number one, how does kindness, how does kindness work? And I want to give you a phrase so you remember this. Kindness is a flow thing. Kindness is a, a, a flow thing. It's not something that you're taught. I'm not going to give you three points to being kind. A, you know, get eight hours of sleep. B, you know, uh, don't look in the mirror till you, till you do your hair because it's scary in the morning. C, eat your Wheaties. You know, you know, D, make sure you drive, you know, a Subaru because everybody who drives a Subaru is always in a good mood, right? Like, make sure you drive a Subaru. You know, uh, uh, E, make sure you take organic, you know, pills. Uh, make, your, make your mood better. Make sure your progesterone and your, your estrogen and your testosterone are at the right levels. And here's your five steps. Oh, yeah, make sure you pray in the morning. God, make me kind. There's six. And then you'll be a kind person because you know you do all those things. You pull out. Somebody cuts you off. Somebody says something that, that you don't want them to say. Somebody looks at you in a certain way, and all of a sudden you have lost your kindness. Kindness is not something that I can teach you. Kindness is, is a flow thing. Kindness is something that happens in your life based on something that's happening in here. It's something that comes out based on something that happening, happens in here. In fact, I read an article uh, that was researched from the year 2015 where they researched the effects of religion on people. 
And you would think that religious people would be kind people. They learn, they learn the stories of Jesus. They learn the Good Samaritan. You know, they learn all these stories of, of Jesus helping people. And so you learn, learn, learn. You learn, you learn the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do. And you learn that. You learn the Bible verses. You learn all, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest command. Like all these things, right? And you're ever learning, yet they have found that people who are ever learning in church, are actually meaner than normal people. They're actually meaner than normal people. Here's why. Because religion at its core is a child, me, you, their attempt to get close to a father. And when you never understand that the father's love is unconditional, when you actually think it's based on what you're doing, and then you have competition with a bunch of other children trying to get to God, what does it do? It makes you resentful towards God, and it makes you hateful towards other people. And so naturally, it creates this kind of issue with, with each other. And so it actually makes you meaner. It actually makes you more angry. I want you to notice what it, how it describes Dorcas or Tabitha in Acts chapter 9, verse number 36. Really? quickly it says in Joppa there was a what everybody there was a disciple named go back and read it there was a disciple named Tabitha it didn't say there was a woman named Tabitha it didn't say there was you know this blonde-headed person or this race it says there was a very key word there was this disciple that word disciple is what they used to use to describe people who were following Christ we don't use that word that much because it doesn't culturally fit but a disciple is somebody who was called or picked by a rabbi in this case Jesus and they would say come follow me and you would say I'm going to give my entire life to becoming like this person. And so at some point in her life, she was living her life for herself, the grace and the mercy and the hope and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that message was preached. Maybe it was preached by Paul or Peter or somebody like that or somebody else shared the message. Maybe she witnessed some miracle at some point and her spiritual eyes were open and something changed in her life and she became a follower of Jesus Christ. And so here's how kindness works. I want to to show you this. The first step to becoming a kind person is kindness has to flow into your life from God. In fact, in fact, scripture says in Romans 2, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Talking about God. Forbearance and his patience. Not realizing, watch this, that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. He says, don't miss this. If you're not a kind person, if you're struggling with kindness, the first way for you to understand kindness is to realize how kind that God has been to you. When you begin to struggle with being arrogant or prideful or quick to be a keyboard warrior or quick to share your opinions or quick to point your finger at somebody else and call them anybody, the enemy of your life, don't forget how much kindness and grace and mercy and chance after chance after chance that God has given you because that's the beginning of kindness. Kindness, it flows in and watch what happens and naturally kindness what does it do it flows out kindness flows in kindness flows up kindness pours out in response to the kindness of God that 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 has poured in it's not something that you that you dig on dig up and work on it's a fruit of the root of what God has done in your life it's the fruit of God's plan and purpose and love in your life in fact watch what it says in Galatians 5 but the fruit of the spirit the fruit it's, it's rooted, and then it's fruit. fruit. Watch. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Watch this. 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. He says, here, listen, you don't have to work on these things. These things come natural, right? These things just happen. Let me give you an example. All of my kids have gone into the shower at some point in their life. I have a 12, a 10, and a 6-year-old, and they've come in. They've t- I've heard them turn on the shower. The shower water's going, and they've walked out, and their hair or a part of their body has been completely dry. And I look at them, all of them, Harrison's six years old, he's still figuring out how to, how to bathe, the 12-year-old and 10-year-old, they kind of like it now. And so if you have a kid that whines about being clean, it changes, right? They start wanting to smell good. But my six-year-old, right now, during the quarantine, he has lived his best life. He, 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 he doesn't often wear shirts. He refuses to wear shoes outside. He's reverting back to a caveman. Like, he won't, he won't bathe. He'll go days on days on days if you, don't, if you don't make him without brushing his teeth. Like, he is just a wild kid right now he is living he like he loves life right now and there is times he goes into the shower and he'll come back out he hasn't he doesn't smell like soap he doesn't have parts of his body wet and i'll look at him and say you didn't take a shower he said i took a shower i took i swear you heard the water i took a shower i said listen if you turn the water on and you position yourself under the water a natural reaction is you will come out and you'll be wet so if you, if the water's running, but you haven't gotten wet, right, you haven't put yourself under the water. This is naturally what happens. I got to tell you something. The natural reaction, the natural response, the natural fruit of when the spirit of God gets rooted in your life is kindness. It's not something you work on. It's something that naturally flows out of your life. There's, there's something in the Bible called spiritual gifts. And these are things that God gives specifically, the Holy Spirit instills specifically into specific people to accomplish very specific purposes. And all of us have different spiritual gifts. All of us are supposed to produce these fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience. We'll probably talk about some more of these, by the way. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Against these things, there is no reason you don't have them. Against these things, there is no time that you're not supposed to be kind. Against these things, there is no person that you're not supposed to display kindness to. The truth is, right now, if you are having a hard time in this season being kind to others, it is a great indicator that your heart is not currently at a healthy place with Jesus. If you currently are having a hard time with being kind to anybody else, anybody else, somebody of different faith, somebody of different political beliefs, somebody of different race, somebody of different background, somebody of different uh, 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 job status or, or social rank, anybody that you know, a family member, a friend, an enemy, anybody that you have refused to, to be kind to, that you are having a difficult part, it's actually a reflection that right now your heart currently isn't close to Christ because Jesus told us, if you remain in me in John chapter 15 and I remain in you, you will produce those fruits. If you're close to me and I'm close to you, if you spend time with me, I'll fill you up. And the natural result is that you'll be a kind. It's a flow. It's a flow thing. Let me show you number two, what kindness accomplishes. Because man, we're trying to accomplish a lot during this, this time, I feel like. And the truth is, the one thing we're supposed to accomplish is we're, we're supposed to reach people for Jesus Christ. We're supposed to fill 
Listen, we're supposed to fill eternity. We're, we're supposed to watch people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're, we're supposed to teach people that they're, they're sinners, they need, they need grace. That, that's our job, that, that they, they, they've fallen short of the glory of God just like we have fallen short of the glory of God. That's the basis of the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus says that all men have fallen short of the glory of God, that the wages of that sin is death and hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And we do so in a kind way because it's the kindness of God that has gotten us to this place in the first place. Let me explain to you what, what kindness would ac- will accomplish because I think everybody is trying to be loud right now. Everybody. I have seen so many people uh, that I'm connected with, whether through this church or just online. Everybody wants to be heard right now. And the fact of the matter is, it just sounds like a jumbled mess. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a jumbled mess of hatred. I've never seen more disunity. I've never seen more anger. I've never seen more hatred. I've never seen more victim mentality. I've never seen more finger pointing in my life. I've never, and maybe it's because I'm 40 and I've never really paid that much attention and I never had to because, you know, social media has gotten louder so news is flying at us at the speed of light or maybe it's because we're in a pandemic or maybe, maybe it's because there's all this racial tension in our country right now and there's all this hatred and there's a presidential campaign coming. I, I'm not sure, but, but man, it, it feels like everybody wants to be loud, but, but really it just sounds like a jumbled mess. Like, a, like the Bible says, like a clanging symbol. That's what it says. So I want to show you what kindness can accomplish. Because the Bible talks about the significance of kindness. So the, the, the cool thing is, when she dies, the Bible says that, that uh, the widows bring, bring to him, bring to Peter, and show him uh, the dresses and the clothes that she had made them. Now, um, I'm, not, I'm not a seamstress. I don't sew that much. I can sew a button back on my pants. But I can just imagine her sitting in a room somewhere and, and sewing, and it's kind of insignificant, right? Like, um, it's, it's not on a stage. Nobody's signing, asking her to sign an autograph, but she's just individually meeting needs, which, by the way, that's how I found that you make a difference in this world. If you want to make a difference in this world, make a difference in somebody's life. Spend time with somebody. Talk to somebody. Give, give your time to somebody. Like, like, do that. Like, everybody can be loud online. Make, make a difference somewhere else. So she makes these clothes, and the Bible says that they come and, and they show Peter, as she's dead, uh, the results of the kindness of her life. And, and they, they, they literally, she's impacted these, these, these women. In, in a time of need, when, when everybody else could kind of go on with their life, because everybody else has, she stopped what she was, she was doing, and she's taken time out of her life to make a difference in somebody else's life. And the kindness that God put in her, that kindness has come out and made a difference. And I want to show you just three, three things that I think kindness accomplishes, because I think constant kindness accomplishes more than we can imagine. I think like kindness is kind of like the sun, that it eventually melts, melts ice. Kindness, kindness can cause misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate in a moment. And kindness is as powerful of a human element, uh, characteristic as anything we can give. It's kindness. The Bible talks a lot about it. I read one verse where I I think we see, number one, that kindness has the power uh, to heal. Everybody's talking about wanting to heal our country, heal our country, heal our country, heal, heal our hatred. It's kindness. It's God's kindness. It has the power to heal lives. In fact, Proverbs 15 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word 
stirs up anger. Kindness has the ability to, to, to turn, turn it down, to, to calm it down. You see, the truth is you can be kind to everyone you meet. Because here's the cool thing. It's because kindness, is, is, it gives you the opportunity uh, to, to meet people and understand that every person that you meet is actually probably facing a battle that you don't even understand about. Here's the really cool thing about kindness, by the way. Some of you are struggling in your life. You're like, I'm so bitter and I'm so this. Like ki- kindness, not only does it heal oftentimes others, but kindness actually heals you. Like when you're kind, it heals you. It's the principle in scripture. I want, I want to show you this because I, I read this this week and I was like, this is so true. Because the more angry that I get, uh, the more anger that I bestow, it feels like the more angry that I, the anger that I am in, in, on the inside, the more judgment, judgment and condemnation that I, that I leave out in my life, it feels like the more weight that I carry in my life. And it's the principle of the words of Jesus Christ. And this is what he said. He said, do not judge or you will carry the weight of being judged. Do not condemn or you'll carry the weight of condemnation, right? Watch what he says. Be forgiving, you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for it will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. What a principle. You want to find healing in your life, healing to others, you're kind. But guess what happens? It's also healing to you. You forgive other people. You, you, you get the weight of unforgiveness lifted in your life. You, you're not condemning. You don't carry the weight of condemnation in your life. You're not judging everybody based on what they say and what they look like and what stance they take. And you're judging everybody. You, you do that. You carry the weight of judgment in, in your life because you deserve that. But when you're forgiving, you're, you're walking in forgiveness. When you're kind, you're walking in, in, in that, that feeling of the weight, weightlessness of kindness. When, when you're gentle, you, you feel that love and that, that gentleness from the Spirit. Like, this is what happens. It has the power to heal in, in, in our lives. It has, number, number two, I found, it has the power to kill. You ever hear the, 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 the phrase, kill them with kindness? That's from, that's from the Bible. That's straight from Scripture. The Bible says in Romans 12, if it is impossible, as far as it depends on you, and some of you are going, well, that's not possible. Listen. If it's impossible, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, and the Bible says with God all things are possible, don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I'll repay the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Watch what he says. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You don't push out darkness with more darkness. You get rid of darkness with the light of Jesus Christ. One of the best examples I heard of this is two farmers. Uh, their, their farms backed up to each other and had fences. They had chicken coops, both of them, sizable when they grew crops. And they never really talked. They were of different backgrounds, different races, different religions. So they didn't talk to each other at all. And uh, one day, the one woman that cleaned out her chicken coop just in a mean way almost in a negligent way took the the crap from the chicken coop and just threw it over her fence and it landed on the other piece of property and the the, the little girl on the other piece of property saw it and was angry went and got her dad and her dad was angry and went and got her mom who who these these kind of more level level headed and solid and wasn't mad and just said let's leave it there so they left it there in the summer sun and the, the stuff just 
just baked and just was smelly and just kind of sat there. And June turned to July, July turned to the dead heat of August, and fall came and, and it kind of just sat there. When fall came, the lady went out to the back piece of her property and she just began to kind of till up the, the ground and prepare the ground uh, to sow the seed in the spring. She took all this, this dried, you know, uh, chicken, chicken poop and she just tilled it into the ground. She, she, she fertilized the ground. The year after uh, spring, she went back out there and she planted a bunch of, of seeds, some flowers and some, and some, 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 pl- some plants and uh, she let them grow. Nobody knew she did this and her daughter came out and, and she said, I want to show you something. She took her out early June. This crop has spread beautiful flowers, she, vegetables. She'd grown all this, by the way, in that, that, that disregarded, uh, neglectful, maybe even jerk moment from her neighbor. She grew all this. And she said, I want to show you something. I want to show you what the Bible teaches us to do. And so she cut the flowers, she made a bouquet, and she pulled the, the vegetables, and she, she put them all in a nice Pinterest basket, and she walked around her property, around the fence, and she walked to the front door of her, her neighbor, who she's never met before, who she could have judged, who she could have been angry with, who she could have condemned, who she could have pointed fingers, who she could have done all those things, because she was in the right, because that wasn't her fault for having the chicken poop, but she said she knocked on her door, and she said, hey, I'm so-and-so, uh, this is my daughter, and we live on the other side of the property, and we just wanted to give you uh, these flowers and these, and these vegetables, uh, and just tell you we... we we, we like having you as a neighbor. And, and, and as a result of that, uh, the story goes that these two, these two families became great friends. It was like they reached out in this moment. They, they, that moment, that chicken poop, could have been a divisive, uh, bitter, angry moment where they could have thrown it back and started a war with these two families and the relationship is severed. Uh, but instead, they let the kindness of the Lord come in them and then, then they did exactly what the scripture says. They heat burning coals. They, 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 they put out the fire. They, they, didn't, they didn't make it worse. They, they, they let God do the judging. They just did the loving. And they went around and they built this relationship with this family because it has the power. Kindness has the power to, to kill. Listen, we don't have enemies. We don't have enemies, the Bible says. The Bible says we don't fight our fight against flesh and blood. We, God, man, we got to remember that right now. If you're a Christian, man, you've been saved by the grace of God, and your main job is to be a grace giver. Your main job is to represent Him in everything you do. Has the power to heal, has the power to kill. And I put one more, and I put it there because it rhymes, but I think it has the power to thrill. And I think you see that in 1 Peter 2 where he says, live such such good lives among the pagans. By the way, that's just a, a Bible word to mean unbelievers. Live such good lives outside the four walls of the church. Live such good lives in that 165 hours of your life that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. In other words, it's your good deeds that lead people to the kindness of God. It's God's kindness that leads people to the repentance of God, and it's repentance that gets us in right standing with our Father. Listen, live in such a good way that those who know you but don't know God will know God because they know you. Because they know you. Let's be kind. It's simple. It goes in, it flows out. If you're having a hard time with kindness, it's a reflection of where your heart is currently at. 
Maybe you're full of condemnation right now, but you feel weight because you've been condemning. Maybe you feel the weight of judgment because you've been judging. Maybe you feel the weight of bitterness because you've been bitter. Maybe you feel the weight of what it feels like to walk around as a victim because you've been doing that. Like that's the life you've been living in. Or you can live a life where you've been really forgiven and forgiving. And then you live a life of what it feels like to be forgiven. And you've been really grace giving to other people. And you feel what it feels like to walk in grace, man. It's light and it's airy and it's easy to walk in the grace grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. It's God's kindness. Let's be kind. Would you do me a favor, uh, wherever you're at today, and would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And uh, I know, uh, I know there's some people here today that, man, you struggle, you struggle uh, in your relationship with, with the Lord. You struggle with the thought that it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. Or maybe, maybe you struggle uh, with, with where you're at because You've done so much. You're, you're angry. You're bitter. You're resentful. Uh, you've messed up. You failed. Maybe you struggle with shame today. And I want you to feel that the kindness, the kindness of God. It's God's kindness. It's God's kindness uh, to, to wake you up again today. That, that, that tells me that God's given you another chance. It's God's kindness to keep bringing you back to church, even though you continue to fall. It's God's kindness uh, for God to keep knocking at the door of your life even though you continue to say no. It's God's kindness to keep pursuing you, even though you've run. It's the kindness of God. It was the kindness of God that brought the prodigal son back to the father. That's what it showed. It was God's kindness. He, he comes back to the Father because ultimately he knows the Father is good. The Father is graceful. The Father is loving. That's the type of God that we represent. It's God's kindness that has brought you to this moment. But listen, don't take it for granted. Don't, don't continue to tell him no. At some, at some point, at some point, your heart will stop beating. And you and me, you and me will stand before the judge, our Lord. And, and we will either be judged based on God's kindness or receiving it, the grace of God, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ through his cross, his death, and his, his burial, his resurrection. We'll either receive uh, a, a, a judgment free. Like God will say, listen, I don't see your sins because Jesus has forgiven them. Or you'll stand before the Lord and you'll give an account of all the places, all the things, all the thoughts, all the words that you said. And you and me know, wherever you're at, uh, that that would that, be a difficult moment to, to, to bear. That if somebody knew every thought that we thought, every mistake that we made, and we had to give an account for that, you and me both know, man, we, we, don't, we don't deserve heaven at that moment. We deserve hell. But it's God's kindness. It's God's kindness that brings somebody who deserves hell to heaven. It's God's kindness that saves somebody who's tried to run and run and run and saves them. And it's God's kindness that keeps pursuing us. It's God's kindness. And that, that, that God is here right now. And the Bible says that you have a choice. You have, you have a chance right now. You have, you have a decision to make. That, that, that God is on the other side of a decision in your life. That a relationship with him is on the other side of a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. To receive him as your savior, your forgiver, your redeemer. And nobody can make that decision for you. Nobody... Nobody can say, you know what, uh, I had a kid and I, I, I baptized them and so now they, they go to heaven. That's not in the Bible. The Bible was clear that all men, all men, all women, that everyone needs to confess with their mouth and believe in the heart that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be presented with this message in this moment, but you are required to take advantage of it. You are required to grab onto the opportunity. And it's not something you have to, to, you have to work towards. It's something you receive. It's like a gift. God gives you it and you just receive it. 
And so maybe you're here uh, right now. Maybe you're watching online right now. Uh, maybe you're in your home. Maybe you're catching up on, on later, later on during the week. And you say, man, I, don't, I need to receive the kindness of God in my life. I need to receive the forgiveness of, of, of God. And I don't really know how to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the prayer is simple. Once again, I'm going I'm to give you something simple. The prayer is simply, here I am, Jesus. I, I need a Savior. I can't do this on my own anymore. And I want a relationship with you. And the Bible says, when you call upon the name of the Lord, that he'll take you in. It's as simple as that. You call upon the name of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to respond in a second. At all of our locations and on every one of your computers, it's, it's really simple. We have people moderating all of YouTube, Facebook, every, every place that we're broadcasting this to. And all you got to do is, when I say if that's you, you just got to respond. And you can just use the, 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 the emoji with the hand up. You can just say, hey, that's me. And, and, our, and, our, and our teammates, our staff members who are moderating, they're going to let me know that you responded. And we're going to pray and we're going to celebrate with you. Because that's what the Bible says that, that's going to happen. That, we're gonna, that all of heaven stops to celebrate. And as we pray uh, and we celebrate the kindness of God, uh, maybe you're a Christian and you've been struggling uh, in this area of your life, and the truth is, it's because your heart's not right. It's, it's, listen, it is not as a result of the evilness or or or, or the world, right? That you you you. If you're right in here, you can face anything out here. If you're right in here, you can put up with any person out there. If you're right in here, you can always be kind. And so maybe some of you, you you have issues in your life right now that the Lord needs to work on. You need to let Him work on it. You need to let Him take away bitterness. You need to let Him take away anger. You need to let Him and allow Him to heal the spots in your heart so that you can walk around and you can be the type of person that God has called you to be. Live in a way. Live in a way that those don't that those don't, don't don't know God, know that know you, that don't know God because they, they know you. That they'll see the grace of God because they see the grace that you give them, the kindness that you give them. So maybe you need to get your heart right with the Lord wherever you're at right now. So as I begin to pray for those that are responding, maybe you'll just begin to pray and say, Here I am. I humble myself before you. Lord, I need you to heal me today. I need you, your strength. I need your grace. I need your kindness to fill me back up so that I can overflow to this world. I can produce this, that fruit to this world to bring kindness to them. Come on, let's pray wherever we're at, church. Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for uh, this time that we've had together, Lord, and uh, your word that it never returns void. Lord, we're grateful for what you're, you're doing right now. We're grateful for those that, that are all over, all over this community, uh, at our campuses right now, that they're responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ right now. That, that they're saying, you know what, I don't have a relationship with you, but I want one. And I'm thankful, Lord, that it, you don't make it difficult. You don't make it a mystery. It's not a treasure hunt, Lord. There's not certain things we have to accomplish. All we got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you'll save us. All we got to do is say, here I am. Here I am. All we got to do is get close to you today. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves before you, Jesus. We want a relationship with you. We want to experience that kindness, Lord, that has constantly pursued us. And now it's leading us to repentance. But this repentance is not the stopping ground. Lord, this is the beginning of a relationship with you, Lord, where we have passion and we have purpose and we have love and we have joy and we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we have a reason for waking up on Monday morning. We have a reason for going to work. We have a reason for being alive. And Lord, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for all that you're going to do. And Lord, I pray right now very specifically for this church that you would help us to to, to put on full display the kindness that you've given us, Lord. Full display. 
this, this ridiculous kindness that, that there is no law for. That doesn't even make sense, Lord. The same way you've given it to us, Lord. It doesn't even make sense that you've allowed us to be here, that you allow us to sing your praises, that you allow us to be in the positions that we're in, that you allow us to have a relationship with you. Lord, it doesn't even make sense. Lord, we would give that kind of kindness to this world. It doesn't even make sense. When we speak, when we type, when we interact with people, when we drive, wherever we work, when we go to families' houses, when we walk down the street, when somebody makes us mad, when somebody accuses us of something, when somebody points something out in us, when somebody has questions for us, when somebody does anything else to us that we have a reason to not be kind, we're going to respond like you would to us. We're going to give kindness. Lord, our kindness is going to lead others to repentance. Lord, kindness heals. God, kindness, it kills. Lord, kindness, it thrills. Lord, kindness is changes lives forever and so we're grateful for this church and for this mission that we have and for this heart this attitude and these actions that we can display to this world lord we're grateful for all that you've done thank you again for your word in jesus name we pray amen man it has been an honor to be with you today wherever you're at Uh, and as we get ready to dismiss you uh, we would love for you to take a moment uh, and just let us know you are watching wherever you are at uh, love for you to take take a moment uh, and let us know that you were here with us by responding and filling out our online info card and just continue to be a part of what's going on. Man, if you're coming back again next week online, we would love for you to invite somebody with you, man. The, the heart of Journey Church is to be a church that brings people with us. And so if you've been watching online, wherever you're at, do me a favor, share this message and then invite somebody to come with you to church next week. It's been so good to be with you. You guys have a great week. We'll see you again. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.